1: Nothing has damaged sports more than Disney's acquisition of the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN. It's why competition has been de-emphasized and narrative has been prioritized. Magic Johnson wanted to compete against Larry Bird. LeBron James wants to win a fictional narrative war with Michael Jordan. Competition left the courts and moved to TV debate studios where broadcasters and jocks cast themselves as groupies and superfans for a particular athlete team or city. Beta males now dominate sports media. They cry on air, they feign offense to every slight, they mask their intellectual deficiencies and lack of courage with claims of racism. They're as passive aggressive as teenage girls. They're slaves to the matriarchy. The weakness and emasculation of men explains the black lash to Malika Andrews. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, Happy Thursday to you and yours. Uh, happy day before Friday, happy day before the weekend gets here and we all get to celebrate another weekend, another great weekend of college and pro football and just kicking back, relaxing. I'm excited, but I'm more excited about actually today's show. It's going to be fantastic. I have an awesome fire starter and two great guys to start uh, to talk about it with Delano Squires and Steve Kim uh, will be here with us. All right, so uh, let's get to it. Let's get into this fire. Uh, that I've already teased. Uh, let's, well, let's talk some Malika Andrews and ESPN. Soon, the relentless social media attack on ESPN broadcaster Malika Andrews's competence and reputation will be inaccurately blamed on the misogyny of black men. Wednesday, Andrews trended across Twitter as users criticized her airing of new Celtics coach Joe Mazzulla's decade-old criminal indiscretions and her failed attempt to publicly scold Stephen A. Smith over the Celtics handling of Emmy Udoka's inappropriate sexual relationships. All right, let's take a listen for some background
2: that Joe Missoula will be the interim head coach here. You can see his resume on your screen. He's been a Celtics assistant coach the last three seasons after spending the previous three seasons at Fairmount State. And he played for West Virginia between 2006 and 2011, and now could become the NBA's youngest head coach at 34 years old. And we'd be remiss not to also mention that Missoula was arrested twice at West Virginia, once in 2008 for underage drinking and aggravated assault. He pled guilty, paid a fine, and then again in 2009 for domestic battery after an incident at Morgantown Bar. The domestic battery case never went to trial. It was settled in August of 2009. He paid a $100 fine and court costs plus had to do 40 hours of community service. Now, that was 13 years ago. He settled and paid both fines. So, Woj, why are the Celtics choosing him as their next head coach? The fact that we are sitting here debating whether somebody else should have been suspended or not. We are not here, Stephen A., to further blame women. That is not why we are here.
0: First of all, let me be very clear. I don't appreciate where you're going with that. I'm not blaming anybody but Ime Yudoka. He deserves The fact of the matter is I've said he deserved to be fired if they were going to fire him. If you're not going to fire him, then don't fire him. My issue is all of this being publicized. The point that I'm trying to make is just like you're not mentioning. Excuse me. me, Excuse me. I listen to you. You're the one telling me to stop on my show. It ain't happening. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I've already said he deserves to be fired or. He deserves what to to be there and handle it internally and privately. If you're not going to handle it privately, if you're going to publicize it in that fashion, then obviously it provokes everybody wanting to know, Okay, well, who are the parties involved?
1: (laughs) Andrews, uh, the latest woman king to sit atop ESPN's diversity, inclusion and equity Iron Throne, found herself in the same crosshairs that abruptly ended the dynasties of Michelle Beadle, Rachel Nichols, Jamel Hill, Maria Taylor, Kari Champion, and Sage Steele. Conventional wisdom says sexism explains why the worldwide leader in sports can't support a woman king the way the network backed Chris Berman, Dan Patrick, and Stuart Scott, and now backs Stephen A. Smith. However, conventional wisdom is wrong. The arrows slung at Andrews are a consequence of ESPN completely abandoning the meritocracy in favor of diversity, inclusion, and equity. Andrews isn't a victim of male sexism. She's a victim of toxic feminisms, creation of woke beta males, and a reduction in professional standards. Malika Andrews is the ceiling-shattering Marine who is required to do two pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and run the mile in less than eight minutes. She's unqualified for her job, and everyone knows it. She's an unproven reporter with a resume that qualifies her for an associate producer role at ESPN and a reporting gig at a station in Des Moines, Iowa. On a positive note, Andrews' resume is more impressive than the one Beatle used to land a job at ESPN, and it surely beats Katie Nolan's bartending work. Malika Andrews, the 27-year-old host of NBA Today, got her plum assignment as a result of a catfight between Taylor and Nichols, and because she checks every box in the Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity Olympics. She's half black, half Jewish, and plays the love and love the fruit, hate the tree dating game. She went to an elite boarding school and worked at her Jewish grandmother's law firm. Andrews was born on third base, but sits on TV acting like Derek Chauvin spoiled her blind date with George Floyd. ESPN is so enamored with their bluish princess that the network hired her 24-year-old sister, Kendra, to cover the NBA as a reporter, too. Malika and Kendra are the Lonzo and LaMelo ball of broadcasting. Or, more likely, they're the Kim and Khloe Kardashian of broadcasting. The Ball Brothers earned their NBA contracts. The Andrews sisters are receiving the rewards of bluish privilege. It will be interesting to see how long it lasts. ESPN can't properly cultivate, develop, and support female broadcasters because the network's culture is hostile to merit. The animus to merit took root in 1996 when Disney purchased ESPN and it blossomed during John Skipper's 2012-2018 to reign as company president. Skipper oversaw the final transition of ESPN culture from reflecting the values of the sports world to reflecting the values of the Hollywood entertainment industry. Sports reward merit and authenticity. Hollywood rewards scripted diversity and outcomes and the casting couch. Nothing has damaged sports more than Disney's acquisition of the worldwide leader in sports. It's why competition has been de-emphasized and narrative has been prioritized. Magic Johnson wanted to compete against Larry Bird. LeBron James wants to win a fictional narrative war with Michael Jordan. Competition left the courts and moved to to TV debate studios where broadcasters and jocks cast themselves as groupies and superfans for a particular athlete, team, or city. Beta males now dominate sports media. They cry on air. They feign offense to every slight. They mask their intellectual deficiencies and lack of courage with claims of racism. They're as passive aggressive as teenage girls. They're slaves to the matriarchy. The weakness and emasculation of men explain the backlash to Malika Andrews, she would have never called in the first take to scold Stephen A. Smith if Smith hadn't surrendered his mind to ESPN's matriarchal culture. Smith irked Andrews because he complained the Celtics did not reveal and discipline the woman or women involved in a sexual relationship with Eudoka. Smith believes in equality. He thinks the Celtics should hold a six-figure behind-the-scenes female employee to the same standard as a male multi-million dollar front-facing leader. Kendrick Perkins, another ESPN talking head, argued the same thing on Andrews' show. Watch for yourself. This relationship, one of these relationships that was had that was had with Ime Udoka and one of
0: these women, it was consensual, meaning that this woman actually played a part in it too. So my thing is, yes, Ime Udoka was wrong. We get that, his punishment, he deserved that, and whatever else follows, I hate it for him, but he put himself in this position. But why are the other people getting left off the hook? Well, That's the Kendrick, problem that I Kendrick, have right now. Kendrick, Everybody gotta be held Kendrick. accountable.
2: I think that we need to circle back to what Chene said, is that there was a investigation that was conducted by an independent law firm here. And without, I think that transparency is what will rule the day here. And so without having all of the information, it is unfair and irresponsible of us to go and to speculate on that, because what we have to- Well, I'm not not speculating. I have the information. Mm -hmm. I'm not speculating. But what we have to go with here is the fact that an independent law firm came in, did this investigation, and the facts that they were presented, they came to the conclusion that Ima Yudoka, violated a policy that warranted a one-year suspension. And I share your frustration with the lack of transparency while understanding that there is some things that they need to, from a legal perspective, keep private. But knowing all of that, understanding all of that, we have to come to the uh, conclusion that whatever rule, the conduct that was broken on one side, it is not the same on the other side. I thank you for your perspective.
1: See, again, this is what happens when the conversation goes from the barbershop to the beauty shop. That's a beauty shop conversation. And everybody's participating in it. See, everybody gets emasculated in the beauty shop. And that, that's a, from Stephen A. Smith sitting on air with Molly Karam and, and uh, Malika Andrews calling in. Now, now you got the beauty shop. And ESPN is the beauty shop. They're pretending they're having these barbershop conversations. They're pretending they're having these manly discussions. And they're not. It's all the beauty shop. I I somewhat feel sorry for these guys because they don't know what they don't know. And I come on here all the time and and people get upset with me. Why are you so hard on these guys? Why are you so critical? is because I'm looking at grown men get their balls cut off and they don't even know it. I'm looking, I like Kendrick Perkins. Stephen A. Smith won't believe it, but I like Stephen A. Smith. They're well-intentioned, but they don't know what they don't know. Malika Andrews I'm sure is a fine person to some people. She's an elite, that, that kinda you know bothers me or off-putting to me, but but I'm sure there are people that will swear by her, but she don't know what she don't know. And she's living in that emasculated culture that ESPN has created, that matriarchal culture where she is queen bee and she rules everything and that's why she's gonna call Stephen A. Smith's show and talk in a condescending fashion to him. Give Stephen A credit for pushing back. But Stephen A started this because he doesn't have a manly mindset. He took that 12, $13 million from from ESPN and there are many of y'all that I would too. I'd cut my balls off and go play that role too for 12, $13 million. That's you, I wouldn't. And and I know that's easy for me to say, but trust me, I've been in that position a lot more than any of you that's sitting here criticizing me. I taught, no, I'm good. I'm going to do things my way, say what I believe. I'm going to stick to my values. These guys are surrendering their values. They don't even know that they're their values. They should be their values, but they're surrendering them. They're giving up their manhood. They they don't have a legitimate man's position. They're not, they've sacrificed their masculinity, they've sacrificed their role in this society. And that's why they can't understand what the Boston Celtics have done here. They can't understand why we're not at the top of the list, I'm talking about black men, when it comes to leadership positions. We're not at the top of the food chain and at the top of the selection process because we've given ourselves over to the matriarchal culture. Why choose us when they can have her? If they wanted a woman's perspective, they can get it from a woman who looks a lot better than us and will be a lot more compliant than us. So enjoy the money. But they've cut your balls off. Your entire perspective is not manly, and I'm going to criticize it at every turn because it sickens me. You think you're sitting on the air being tough guys and represent, how come this woman ain't getting treated like Emmy Aduka? How come? They think that's tough manly talk. It's not. Not if you understand who you are and who men are. See, the Boston Celtics, their owner, Wick Grossback, their team president, Brad Stevens. Perhaps I don't know. I don't know them personally, but perhaps they're real men. Perhaps they possess a biblical worldview. Maybe they've read the Bible. Let me turn you to the Bible, which tries to teach you how to be a real man and what your roles and responsibilities are. Perhaps that's the problem with Brad Stevens and, and Wick Grossback. They're actual real men with a biblical worldview. Again, yeah, I don't know i haven't met them, but based off of my evaluation of what they're doing, They've actually read the Bible and they haven't surrendered their balls. Let's go to Luke uh, I think believe chapter 22 verse 48, but he knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him they will ask more. That's Luke 12, I'm sorry, Luke 12, verse 48. To whom much is given, much is required. When you give a man millions of dollars to be a leader of an organization and to be a public front-facing leader of an organization, the consequences for that man are going to be 10 times more than some woman you're paying $150,000 a year to be behind the scenes, out of the public eye. The consequences for the man making millions in a leadership position should be 10 to 20 to 30 times more than a woman making low six figures behind the scenes. That explains the Celtics decision. Any man with a pair that hasn't so detached himself from a biblical worldview would understand what the Celtics are doing and would actually agree with it. Go look, maybe, maybe Emi Uduka, maybe he's a real man. He hasn't publicly complained. He wrote a note, basically said, yeah, I'm good. I blew this, I'm good. Maybe he's a real man, maybe he gets it. The position, what he signed up for. But we're so far removed from a masculine biblical worldview we have no respect when we see that masculine, biblical worldview and action from other men. We have no respect for it. We're going to get on TV and whine and cry. Why are they being men? How come we out of this woman who makes virtually no money, didn't sign up to be a public figure? How come they not brutalizing her the same way they doing Emmy Udoka? These emasculated men, if something jumps off in America, They This is the mindset that got Breonna Taylor killed. That emasculated man she was laying up in bed with calling her boyfriend. Boyfriend is the right word because he's a boy that let her get up out of that bed and go to the front door when he thought there was trouble at the door. He believes in equality. He thinks a woman should take the exact same risk he should take. Just like Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith think that some little six-figure behind-the-scenes concubine should take the same punishment as a man making millions of dollars in a leadership position. These guys are clowns. American culture is in chaos and collapse because men have surrendered their role as leaders. Women and children are suffering because of our cowardice and irresponsibility. Thanks to ESPN's guidance, the sports world, where men have dominated, has followed the lead of the secular entertainment world. Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins sound no different from rocker Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz posted a picture of himself on social media Wednesday, holding a sign that read, "It's time to turn it over to women. Men have had their chance to run the world, and look where we are." I'm, I'm, I'm working on my language, but the only thing I can think to say, I'm apologizing for chicks with dicks. That's what we got running around this country. That's what Lenny Kravitz sounds like. That's what we're creating in this world. That's what this matriarchal culture demands. It's the mindset. I'm attacking the mindset. Everybody gets on me, I get the message all the time. How come you hard on these black dudes? Because they're being emasculated and they're not complaining about it. They're laying down and taking it. They're taking the check for having their balls cut off. And it bothers me. And it's being celebrated. Like they're doing the right thing. It's embarrassing. These guys all think, I'm telling you, I don't dislike them. I I just want them open up a Bible, man. Get your balls back. Understand who you are and what God designed for you. You are a leader. And Stephen A, you sitting on TV making 12, $13 million a year. This is like what you're doing to NBA and and you're you're letting these NBA coaches who are clueless and have adopted a matriarchal worldview as well. You're letting them talk you into being upset. Uh, If Amy Udoka gets in trouble, The little white girl, he's banging, she better get in trouble too. You're letting a group of idiots, a a group of emasculated millionaires. That's what you all are. I know you got the bag, but you don't have any balls to put in them. You got money. They, They took your bag and put money in it and took your balls out. And you're good with that. Here's what... Men created, men who feared God. They constructed a world that rewarded merit. That's a world I wanna live in. This new world, the one won by matriarchs, simps, beta males, and atheists, that world rewards what it chooses on any given day. It does not reward merit. It wakes up every day with a new set of rules. No one survives long in their world. Just ask Michelle Beadle, Sage Steele, Jamel Hill, Rachel Nichols, Kari Champion, Katie Nolan, Maria Taylor. Ask them. That world that they build doesn't last long. That's my fire. I'm gonna bring Delano on before I do that. I, I just wanna calm myself and, and talk a little bit about and, and my good friends over at Preborn. We, we talk about Preborn virtually every day. You guys know what we're doing here at The Blaze. You guys know what I'm about. Saving babies lives because that's what men do. Men protect the weak. There's nothing more vulnerable and in need of protection than a baby in the womb. It's our job as men to protect babies in the womb. That's what we're trying to do here at The Blaze. That's what Preborn does every day. They do it with ultrasounds. They introduce the mother to that baby's heartbeat and a visual of the baby and that changes the mind of women who are considering abortion 80% of the time. 80% of the time they get that ultrasound, they hear that heartbeat, they see that baby and it's boom. There's a life inside of me. I'm going to protect it. It's a natural instinct. What we talk about every day on this show is the enemy is trying to attack our natural instinct to protect our most vulnerable our most precious life forms, babies. This is all connected. The emasculation of men, it's all connected to the destruction of babies in the womb. There's a through line through all of this. I'm asking you, real men that watch this show, you women that support and like real men, I'm asking you to go to preborn.com Twenty-eight dollars. That's all it takes for one ultrasound. One hundred and forty dollars. You save five babies' lives. You finance one hundred. You finance five ultrasounds. Two things you can do. You can go to preborn.com/slash/fearless. Do it that way. Make sure I get some credit. Make sure you. Hey, we're doing this because we love fearless. The other way, very easy. On your phone, pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby. Give up your cash. You've seen me do it. I've done it three times. I think now. I'll do it a fourth if I have to. I'll do it a fifth, sixth, seventh, ninth, tenth time because and it's not because I'm telling you, I'm no more masculine than any of these people. I'm criticizing. What I am is more obedient and accepting of my responsibility to be a man. That has not always been the case, but it is now. And it's because I can see what they're doing. Can you not see it? And so other than enjoying this show, and I want you to continue to enjoy this show, what you can do are these little things. Here's the little one, $28, $140. Maybe you want to give up $500, preborn.com slash fearless. A little thing we can do to push back and fight, be a man. Support these babies in the womb. All right, you can email the show uh, at fearless at theblaze.com. Stay tuned, don't go anywhere. Delano Squires, there it is. You ready? Showtime.
0: On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. We are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
1: Uh, let's roll out to uh, Washington, D.C. and bring in Delano Squire, smartest man on the show. Delano, I need some help, I'm fired up. Uh, mm. I need a calming voice uh, <laughs> to help me get. Delano, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I see things so clearly now that, that yep. I used to let go over my head, but, but but the entire mindset of ESPN and the culture over there, is so matriarchal that I I think these guys don't even know that they're swept up in that mindset of the matriarchy. Mm. And it's so secular now that they don't even think uh, to consult a Bible. Everybody runs Mm. to Twitter and that's their Bible. What People, Mm. oh, there's a controversy. What should I think? Let me run to Twitter no everybody's out of the habit or it doesn't even cross people's mind to go well i wonder what the bible says and and so literally when i think about what's going on with the celtics and uh people's reaction and i'm trying to understand why the celtics would discipline udoka and not the woman or women And, and once i checked into my biblical worldview it made perfect sense and 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 people are being paid millions of dollars to abandon a biblical worldview, and that's why the culture is so feminized.
3: Well, Jason, I think this is gonna have to be a mutual support group because this is an issue that um, um, fires me up as well for a lot of reasons, but I I want to address that one because your take there is very, very different than what we're getting in the mainstream culture. Right. And it's actually somewhat surprising because I rarely hear people talk this way, because to your point, we have been American culture um, has been so discipled by by feminists over the last, let's say, six decades that we've bought this notion that men and women are exactly the same. So um, at different different scenarios, it'll it'll sort of flare up. And in other scenarios, it'll, it'll it'll calm down right? So again, you, you talked about Breonna Taylor and her, and her boyfriend. You know, there's, a, there's something goes bump in the night. Most people expect a man to get up and address that issue, right? That's that's what a man is supposed to do. But when it comes to issues like this with Yudoka, right? Now, part of it is the fact that he's a coach and he's in leadership. But the other part of it is is that he is a man. Um, and I'm not a person who thinks that men and women should be treated exactly the same in every single situation because we are different. And there are ways in which you and I may talk to our our male friends or our male cousins in which we wouldn't talk to the women in our lives because we recognize and respect that difference. But on ESPN, it's, it's not just the matriarchy, but it's it's the the racialism, the racialists. Stephen A. Smith being one of them, because you remember when this first dropped, one of his first responses is, "and I and I don't like the fact that it's happening to a brother," because this is Stephen A. Smith's bit, and and part of me feels that when T O K Terrell Owens Terrell Owens came on the show, and pulled his card and basically said Max is blacker than you, he has been working overtime to to um, compensate. For that hit that he took in public, so instead of him playing the issue straight up and saying, "Okay, this is a coach in a relationship that the Celtics deem inappropriate with an underling," we're going to deal with this for whatever reason this became public. Um, you know, as a journalist, something tells me that there's something more to the story that we don't have all the facts. But this is what the Celtics chose to do. I respect it, so on and so forth. But what Stephen A. did, which all of them do because they, th- these are not the brightest lights in the world, so they don't know really no other way, is that they immediately racialize it. Because Jason, you and I both know that if this was Steve Kerr, and the allegation, or, or some other white coach, and the allegation was that he was doing this with a black subordinate, right? A black female, particularly if she was married to a black male executive on the team, that Stephen A. Smith would be calling for that coach's head and saying, we need to protect our sisters on the workplace. And these workplaces need to be more comfortable for, for women and particularly for black women, because to your point, they, they don't have a biblical worldview. They don't have any sense of of equal weights and measures, a term that the scriptures use, um, you know, on multiple occasions. It's always, well, w- what's the race angle? OK. And if and if it's not a race angle, for Stephen A. Smith, and particularly the black men, then for the women it's, what's the gender angle, right? And if, and if there's no race angle, and then there's no gender angle, then it's possible that we will get a sort of straight up objective analysis. If any of those two things come in, forget about any sense of objectivity, right? And we saw this the other day with, with Rachel Richardson in BYU. I mean, th- these, the, the allegations were so on the nose, right? Oh, they called me the N-word for two hours and nobody did anything and nothing in them as journalists thinks to say, oh, let's ask some more questions. It's always jump straight to it. And Stephen A. Smith, because him and a lot of the guys there have been emasculated. And I I do agree with that assessment. It's harsh, but it's true. They look for any opportunity to step up to, to white knight for a black woman and this was perfect. So he got to combine the race angle and the gender angle to show that he is, I'm a defender of of our black queens. Now, obviously the story ended up being a fake, which you, 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 you sniffed that out pretty much immediately, but then the same Stephen A. Smith, who's standing up for black women at BYU, then has to deal with a black woman at ESPN and as you said, he doesn't realize he has ceded so much ground that he, he can't play the I'm a press card. Not with Malika Andrews, because she's sort of lower down the, the, the uh, oppression totem pole and sort of higher up the priority totem pole. Because you and I both know if, if this continues to go the way it's going and they have a few more contentious sort of uh, uh, conversations, Malika Andrews will start leaking through her people that ESPN is a toxic workplace for young black women. And, and there are some um, older black men in ESPN, unnamed, who are making it difficult for women like her to rise and excel and so on and so on and so forth. And then he's going to get put right in that Rachel Nichols position because all of this stuff. This this sort of the the leftist approach to race, sex, sexual identity, gender identity, so on and so forth, is cannibalistic. They always end up eating their own. Because somebody is always going to be more oppressed than you are, and and they see the tools that you use to get where you are, and they say, Oh, I could do that even better than them. I'm I'm triple oppressed. And and in a few years when ESPN is is just women and non-binary people and so on and so forth is somebody's gonna emerge from, from, you know, out of nowhere, they're going to be uh, a, a non-binary, pansexual, you know, uh, disabled person with borderline personality disorder, and they're gonna say that Malika Andrews, who by this time will be 35, she said a crossword to them, she misgendered them, and then Malika Andrews will be the last domino to fall, and, and that will be the official downfall of ESPN.
1: I, I'm, there's more to this that, that I, I wish I had unpacked before dragging you into this, because I, I may get you out here in waters that uh, maybe are unfair, a little too choppy, But but me knowing the sports media <laughs> industry, NBA mm-hmm. culture... And what's really going on? I'm gonna put all the chips on the table. I hinted at him when I said she plays the love the tree, hate the fruit dating game. Mm-hmm. Uh, she 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 dates a white dude named Dave McKinnon. Nice guy. I, I I used to know Dave. I'm sure he hates me now because I I talk honestly about Malika Andrews or whatever. But I've got nothing but respect for Dave McKinnon. But th- this is this whole gossipy. Feminist backbiting culture that they have here in Ohio. Dayton Dave McKinnon in an NBA world where the NBA players are, and I'm just sorry, I, I apologize, but I'm just keeping it real. This is not, I'm not speculating. The NBA players are used to getting their pick of reporters that they want to play with, mm. that, that's the custom. Same goes for the coaches, because most of these coaches are former players or whatever. And they and so uh, she's planted a flag that a lot of these guys uh, are not qualified. Her tastes don't run towards them, and that's mm. part, to me, of why she's in this S-storm or this Twitter lynch mob mentality and everybody going after her. Uh, and it's because they're watching her play this game and they're like, well, hold on. You know, you went to a little private boarding school in high school. Uh, your grandparents owned a law firm that you worked at, you know, you're playing this little racial oppression game when it's convenient, but you ain't never been oppressed. And, and, and neither the people criticizing her, neither of they, they just play like they have. (laughs) Uh, but that's, she has, she's playing a racial game where she really has no allies other than her boyfriend and I'm, uh, the Jewish half of her family, because uh, Jamel Hill ain't on her team, Maria Taylor ain't on her team, Stephen A. Smith, Kendrick Perkins, uh, who, whatever the coaches are that are all upset about, Emmy Udoka, they ain't on her team, uh, But but she gets to play like oh she was heartbroken because she was going she had a blind date set up with George Floyd the night the night you know if he hadn't got killed she would have been on a blind date with George Floyd or his brother if it not, she plays that game right and it's all blowing up in her face is blowing up in all these women's face there's a whole pattern here of when you abandon a biblical worldview and merit and you dive into this diversity, inclusion, and equity deal, chaos is what follows. So a, a couple things, Jason, um, and one of them, I want to
3: get to one of the names in particular that you threw out there, right? Um, actually, I'll start there first. I, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly sure why Sage Steele got into that list. And part of the reason I wasn't sure is because, sh- to, to my knowledge, right? She doesn't try to play these cards in public or in private, certainly not in public. Um, she doesn't try to get sympathy from, um, you know, from the broader culture, right? Now, at, at best or at worst, she'll just say, you know, I'm going to leave from ESPN because I don't want to take the jab or one thing or another. And she's actually one of the people who's drawn the ire of many of the other people who you name, because the, I, in my sense, my guess is that they feel that like she's insufficiently down for the cause. Um, because and, and I know you, you know this because I've heard you say it. There are a number of women who have paid their dues through the years, come up through the ranks, who have shown um, both some, some of them played you know, sports in high school or college or, or even professionally. But have shown that they have the chops to be at ESPN. And there have been women at ESPN since the beginning. Right. Linda Cohn is an OG in the same way Chris Berman and some of the other people are. Um, so I wasn't sure why say Steele was there, and and one of the other reasons is because say Steele, if 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 my if my guess is correct, is significantly older than some of the other women. And I think one of the things that we're uh, uh, sort of in the undercurrent of this particular conversation is the role that age plays into it. A lot of conservatives for years have said well, that crazy stuff, that woke stuff, that's just on a college campus. And they didn't realize that all those kids graduate and get jobs someplace. Many of them go into journalism and media. And that's why you see the quality of writing and a lot of papers and periodicals and magazines has gone in the toilet. And some of them end up in sports media. And I think Malika Andrews is a perfect example of the, the same things that she's doing at ESPN are what uh, Gen Z folks do on college campuses a lot of them to your point and I try not to play armchair psychologist unless I got a fair amount of things to of, of info to work with So let me take Maliga Andrews out of, the, out of the picture what I've seen on numerous occasions is that a black college Black kids come to college many of them come from solidly middle-class backgrounds and there's nothing wrong with that I'm trying to provide that for my kids, so I'm not knocking them or their parents but what happens is there there are a certain range of experiences, not one, a certain range of experiences that are read as culturally black, authentically black. Right. If you grew up Detroit, you know, you, you, your dad worked at GM, so on and so on. That's in there. You grew up in Harlem. Right. You. you your 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 gr- grandfather, you know, ran the streets with Duke Ellington or whatever. He played in the in the Savoy Club or whatever. That's in there. You grew up in the Deep South. Your grandparents are Gullah Geechee. You grew up in Texas. You you grew up celebrating Juneteenth. All of those things are in there. If you and I'm just using one person as an example, people will recognize his biography. If you are the son of uh, a Kenyan student from Harvard and a white woman from Kansas. Who grows up in Hawaii, being raised by his grandparents, and spent part of his his childhood in the Philippines, that's not in there. That's not in there, and and it creates in you a desire to show, hey, I'm I'm down. Yes, I look like you, and that at the end of the day, you know, blackness, however we define it, is at its base sort of discernible African descent, but in terms of that cultural aspect. That's that narrative is not in there. And there are a lot of kids who come to college feeling like they don't belong when it comes to the black community. From their perspective, they've listened to all the wrong music. They like all the wrong movies. They wear all the wrong clothes and they spend four years trying to show, hey, I'm really just like you. I'm down for the cause. And sometimes that makes them overcompensate. So so they take this this mentality into the workplace to show, hey, I'm I'm down, I'm down for the cause, right? I'm I'm and and particularly and, and you say this, this is the 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 wit list, right? The all the different factors that play into this, particularly when when they when they have white partners, and again, anybody who knows me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against interracial, interethnic relationships in any way, shape, or form. I'm just describing the phenomenon. When they have white partners or when they are or biracial, or whatever, that desire um, to do that gets flared up even more because they feel that they're not going to be accepted as authentic. And I think part of what you see playing out with with um, with uh, Malika Andrews is that desire to show that she's sufficiently down for the cause and for the culture. And as you said, a lot of people are starting to leave her her camp. Jamel Hill, I don't think is one of them, not publicly. Because people, I, I saw her timeline. She was like, "I know people are trying to get me to basically criticize Malika Andrews, but that's not happening today or tomorrow or the next day." But I think she is painting herself into a corner because eventually she's going to she's going to alienate so many people, the athletes, the 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 some of the other women on ESPN who look at her and say, "Where does twenty? Where does where this little girl come from?" Like I, I started out. And, and doing sports in, in, you know, Wichita, Kansas, and I had to work my way up. She just gets handed a role, and then her little sister gets handed a role, and she's jumping the line. And, and I guarantee you, there are a lot of people who do not like that. They won't say it publicly because she's the darling. But privately, those things are starting to simmer, and as you know, Jason, with relationships, the things that simmer in private eventually always boil over in, in, in public.
1: So uh, let me. You said a mouthful, and so I'm, I'm not going to answer this in order, but I am going to just in my thought as it relates to Jamel Hill. She's boxed in for right now, but trust mm-hmm. she ain't on Malika Andrews's team, and she does well. She she does on her little hierarchy list. Black heterosexual men, with the exception of her husband, are mm-hmm. the enemy because you know that they're they're. Don't, aren't they the white men or black people or something? Or uh, they, yeah, yeah, they got yeah, some yeah. little saying yeah. they got about... Straight black men are, are the sexual. white
3: people of black people. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, trust me, Jamel Hill ain't on Malika Andrews' team, but she's playing the role for now. The, I want to address the Sage Steele thing. Okay. Anybody that has followed my work, knows me, heard me speak in public, I have a great deal of respect for Sage Steele. Sage Steele is very, very qualified and talented for her position. My reason for listing Sage Steele in that list, my reason for listing Rachel Nichols in that list, is that this culture, this matriarchal culture of diversity, inclusion, and equity, it slaughters everybody, the unqualified mm. and the qualified. Everybody's gonna get it. And it, it, it's no different, There's like these dudes that join a gang, and think, oh, well, the, this gang's got my back. Well, eventually the right. gangs, you, you can get got to. And the same people running around bragging about the gang in their neighborhood, trust me, they get caught slipping and, and you can get their, it's, it's no different than the, the rappers that love rapping about gang culture or whatever. Let mm-hmm. them get caught slipping out in the neighborhood and they'll get shot just like PNB Rock, Nipsey Hussle, Tupac Shakur, uh, Notorious B.I.G., whatever. And so it takes out everybody. And so this culture that they've created, whether you're as qualified as Sage Steele or as unqualified as Katie Nolan, you're going to get got because Mm -hmm. this culture pits everybody against everybody. Stephen A. Smith, Uh, Michelle Beadle tried to get him. Now uh, Malika Andrews has come at it. They're all going to die because they remove merit and some sort of objective standard. And it's just opinions. And whoever's in power gets to install whoever they like in that moment, whoever's most friendly to them in that moment. And that leads to the kind of backbiting and infighting. And, and, you know, John Skipper, I I can't remember if I, I did reference him, but I could have gone into detail. Mm -hmm. He created this culture. And and that's why these women are at each other's throats constantly. And it's because there's no real male leadership. It's a beauty shop. Mm. And eventually, the arguments inside a beauty shop turn real ugly. And the next thing you know, the, the woman is doing your hair, sleeping with your boyfriend or your husband mm. or, or, or whatever. She's going to get some get back at some point. I'm, you know, call me a misogynist. Call me. I'm just speaking facts. You know, God explained it to us in the Bible without mm. male leadership and a constant hand or a constant guidance. Eve is going to get seduced. Eve is going to bring some drama into, and, and you know, just go. <laughs> you spend enough time uh, in the hood or whatever, and, and a, a lot of these bodies that get dropped in a neighborhood is it's over some women a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, people, pe- anybody that's knows anybody from that life. They can tell you all the stories. Uh, and again, I'm not blaming women for everything, but but Lord have mercy, all this butt kissing we're doing to women and y'all, and and I do want to, Lenny Kravitz putting up a sign, talking about it's women's time to rule. Yeah, and yeah. look where we, look what we've done. Are you kidding me? What, what is this? But, this is where the world has gone to these simp men who want to <laughs> abandon the responsibility of leadership. And and, and I want
3: to combine the, the the latter part of that conversation about the ES, the guys at ESPN with the Lenny Kravitz piece. I saw the Lenny Kravitz thing and I and I quote tweeted. I said somebody needs a serious simp intervention because he, I mean he's simping hard, but. One, one thing, I, two, two points I want to make on, on the men at ESPN, right? One is a larger sort of sociological point. We in, in, in our day and age, right, and particularly in, in the culture that's, that's developed over the last 60 years, Jason, this is, we are having to deal with some of the very issues that Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote about in the Moynihan Report. And he said that particularly when it came to the Negro family, as he phrased it then, it's matriarchal culture is is causing problems because the men don't have or are not playing their proper role. And, And what the left has done is double down on the very things that were causing problems in the 1960s. And all of those things have gotten worse. And one of the things that, that I've, I've noticed in my lifetime, and I'm sure you probably noticed the same, I've met plenty of ambitious women, women who call themselves alphas, women who, who say, you know, um, some of them on a personal level say, I want to you know, ascend in leadership in my organization and so on and so forth. Some of them on a the collective will say, um, everybody wins when black women lead, black women save the democracy, so on and so on and so forth. Right? I have never met a single woman in my entire life who likes any man or respects any man for any extended period of time, who depends on her for leadership, guidance, provision or protection. Some women may like the idea of being in control of men, but after a while, they all lose respect for them. And even some women, when they're dating a guy. And particularly now, just with the advent of technology, you'll hear them get frustrated, you know, because let's say the guy says, oh, let's," I want to take you out. She said, OK. And he said, well, where do you want to go? Oh, you should choose. Well, now I, I want you to be happy tell me where you want to go. Or do you like this? And and all the back and forth from women would just be like, just choose something because there's that innate desire in them to 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 follow a man's lead. And, and what I'm saying is in nature weakness is always met with more aggression. And these guys that thought, hey, I'm, I'm being a good guy. I'm stepping aside for the women. I'm toning myself down. Right. I'm stepping back from sort of my, my natural uh, way of communicating and my, and my natural inclinations to, to deal with things. What they don't realize is that that weakness is being met by more aggression, by by the Malika Andrews of the world and and The other women at ESPN who have no issue disregarding, disrespecting or even trying to emasculate these, trying to to go these guys into crying on air over things that are not tear worthy. Right. So so they, they think that they're doing some positive service when they say I'm with her. I'm pro abortion. I'm 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 pro transgender athletes. But what they don't realize is that weakness is causing the women to get more aggressive. Because as the women say, I want X, and he has X, the guy who's holding X is gonna realize, like, man, she she coming at my neck pretty hard. Yeah, because she has no reason not to. You've never shown an ability to take any stand and say, I'm going this far and no further. And that's what all of those guys do, right? And they can get away with it when it's the race stuff, every time they talk about Lamar Jackson or you know any of those other issues. But when it comes to standing up to women, and I said this on the show, I've seen grown, they're grown men who are more afraid of their teenage daughters than they are some big burly dude at the gym. And that's what you see playing out at ESPN.
1: Thank you, D. I gotta keep it moving. Great job, as always. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Jason Widlock, hit notifications, hit subscribe. Steve Three. Kim, the
0: Korean
4: Co. Cell. Thanks. I just. want. I I I just.
1: Swirl out to Los Angeles, bring in Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell. He loves to talk ESPN with me. Uh, Steve, I'm going to start at a different location for you. Uh, I I argue today that Disney buying ESPN is the worst thing to ever happen to the sports world. It damaged the sports world. Do you agree?
4: At that point, Jason... It's not even an opinion, I, I think it's a fact. But there was a point, and I am a child of the 80s as you are, where ESPN was destination viewing almost 24 hours a day. But there came a time, as you said, with that acquisition and it became a game of uh, corporate hardball and business that you know, the Entertainment Sports Programming Network started to get more engaged in social is- issues, which in itself is not bad, but when it's so one-sided on one uh, part of the political sphere, it becomes very imbalanced and almost unwatchable. There was a time, Jason, when I got home from school or during the summer, ESPN seemingly was left on my television almost nonstop, unless there was other shows that I would specifically watch and then I'd go back to ESPN. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when SportsCenter was just 30 minutes long and they would actually replay it throughout the evening. And then you'd get shows like Vic's Playhouse. I, and that's how old I am. So now this is how much it's changed during the Disney run version of this particular iconic network. I only watch ESPN on college football coverage, which means it's a daily show, college football live, college game day, college finals, whatever games they show, and then top ranked boxing. And then, of course, when Michael Irvin is on, I'd like to bring that up a little bit later. But outside of that, I no longer watch anything related to ESPN. I remember one thing I used to do, Jason, it was a big influence on how I do interviews, was there used to be a show called Up Close or Sports Look with Roy Firestone. It was on, I believe, 3 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday, And if I was during baseball season, I would just catch the 9 p.m. replay of it. But I literally watched almost every single episode, and it was just meat and potatoes. It was Roy Firestone doing his interviews, making people cry, and it was compelling. Then it was SportsCenter, and then it was other shows. But now they have such a heavy agenda, which, again, is okay if there's a balanced viewpoint, but there isn't, and I almost find most of their programming unwatchable, and unpalatable.
1: Steve, I think it goes a cut deeper though, in terms of ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. It held such a prominent position. Mm. Everybody followed ESPN's lead. And so ESPN took sports away from being, hey, let's go watch great competition, to let's go follow these narratives that ESPN is creating. And that's where I feel like if LeBron James played in a different era, he would have carried himself differently. If he played during the Magic, mm. Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas era, he would have competed the same as them because that was the, every the focus was on mm. competition, not teaming up and chasing legacy. ESPN did that with all of its talk shows. LeBron James has grown up watching an ESPN version where everybody, uh, when he enters the NBA at 18, is can he be the next Michael Jordan? And so he's not really worried about competing against his peers. He's trying to win some subjective narrative war with Michael Jordan. And this, I look at sports competition is de-emphasized, it's been softened with all the rule changes, we gotta protect the players, and they just had to cancel the Pro Bowl because it's so far <laughs> removed from competition, the guys are making so much, that they just had this like, we can't do this anymore. And, and I, I'm telling you, ESPN changed the culture of sports when it went with Disney, and it's now more reflective of the Hollywood entertainment industry than it is the traditional sports industry.
4: Jason, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And let's go back. When I was at my very short run at ESPN, during the summer of 2020, uh, if you were not in support of BLM, and don't you dare ever call that thing riot or looting, that was peaceful protesting, And and if you did not support the NBA players, the NFL players, hashtagging, taking a knee, boycotting games, sitting out for the national anthem, uh, you simply could not state that or you would be reprimanded and told to get that social media posting off. I went through it. Trust me, I know. However, if you said defund the police and there's a lot of white supremacy, they would not say a word. In fact, I think it is a taciturn endorsement of those type of statements. It'd be actually pushed and would be a way to help your career. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it. it. There used to be a time when ESPN was a simpler place in terms of let's just show games and cover the actual personalities and the sports. But when now they are breaking into NCAA coverage of the women's tournament to talk about the abortion ban and then taking a one minute of silence for an event that nobody watches, I'm just thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. Then you have other anchors telling you about, oh, you girl dads, you've got to n- not keep your daughters off the pole, but make sure they can get an abortion. I am think this is bizarro world. I, 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 at the end of the day, somewhere along the way, they went from sports coverage to social and political activism.
1: So let's zero in on Malika Andrews. I was pretty hard on her. I I think that part of the backlash or blacklash, as I'm calling it, is because no one respects or no one believes she actually earned the job she has.
4: When I look back, I was just as I'm preparing for my segment here, I thought of the names that I grew up watching on ESPN, and specifically the females, because everyone talks about the Chris Bermans and the Tom Meads and the Dan Patricks, but these names came immediately to mind on the female side of things. Robin Roberts, Andrea Kramer, and Susie Colbert. And they were highly respected, and they had lives well outside of ESPN and maybe even sports and beyond. There's a reason why they were mature, they took the hard earned way there. And they have a word that is very, very rare nowadays, Jason, it's called gravitas. And they didn't speak down to you, they were very professional. And you kind of got the sense like, these are accomplished women, who actually put a lot of time on the graveyard shift, had the muck and they had the grind, they fought their way there, but that was an earned position. And with that, they understood With great power and a big platform comes great responsibility. And out of all of these three, especially during their time at ESPN, I could never, ever come up with a time where I thought or an instance where they were disrespectful or dismissive of their colleagues or their guests. I have happened to see something with Malika Andrews, and I think I sent you the clip. She's on with a couple of NBA players in Woj. And she's actually trying to lecture them about this hard foul. And I think I saw the play. Gary Payton goes in for a tomahawk dunk. This guy does like a Kevin McHale clothesline, breaks his wrist. And Kendrick Perkins actually says, well, I I think there was intent. And she actually has the nerve to be snarky and say, well, you you can't read minds. And she's actually trying to downplay the opinions of guys who guess what? played the game, and I'm so glad Richard Jefferson did this. He did it with style, class, Elon, and flair. He says, "Uh, excuse me, guys, when did you dunk the basketball? Then he asked Matt Barnes, when did you dunk the basketball? At 12, Uh, hey, Malika, we all dunked the basketball. We kind of know when we're getting our heads taken off, and you could see Miss Thing, (laughs) oh, Miss Thing was not happy because she got dunked on like Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder. I mean, Richard Jefferson broke the damn backboard with this, and Miss Thing knew at that point, I better back down.
1: I, I, there's no question that these NBA players are bothered by Malika Andrews, and I got into a little bit of that with uh, uh, Delano earlier, and and because <laughs> I don't think these NBA players are her cup of tea based off of her, you her know, dating choice, Dave McKinnon, who I got no problem with Dave McKinnon. I'm not taking any pots at I'm sure he despises me now because I've been critical of Malika Andrews, but I actually think Dave's a solid professional, great guy, uh, but I just gotta be factually honest here. I, I think some of the animus towards Malika is personal because most, and I'm not dragging all these guys into it, but some of it, you know these guys are driven by their smaller heads, and <sighs> who's attracted to their smaller heads uh, a lot of times. Well, yeah, and so, yeah. but again, this is when you put a child in that job. This is what's going to happen. The 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 the, the natural respect is not going to be there uh, because she just hasn't earned
4: it. You're absolutely right, and you talk about. Um she not being the cup of coffee or tea for these players. I happened to see something I didn't even know happened because I've kind of been binge watching the Malika Andrews nonstop coverage on YouTube a couple of years ago or whenever this was at the NBA finals Malika Andrews during the media scrum or the post game press conference asked this question of Giannis. Now the thing about the Greek freak, this guy's an adult. There's a lot of players. That I know that we don't like the, the things that bother us because Hey, we're Stadler and Waldorf, those old two Muppets, those old guys that bitched it we're, we're up. We're those guys now, Jace. We just have to be honest. Get off our lawn, all that stuff. But Giannis is an adult. He's a mature individual. His character's on question. He's a pro. And this guy just looked at her and said, no. Nah. Just walked out. It was the most awkward thing. There's about 100 NBA players. If they did that, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's him. But when Giannis did that, I'm like, wait a minute. What is going on there? It shed a new light, like, wow, these guys really do not like her.
1: Well, I, I'll mm. defend her in in this instance that some of that may not be – it may be a bit misguided. I do – the background – she had written a story that Giannis didn't like, and that's what drove him to do that. So I'm not going to smear him with thinking with the wrong head. He's just athlete, brooding, yeah. didn't like a story a reporter wrote. Uh, but But – why do you think there's a laundry list, and and no one seems to understand why I'm including Sage Steele on the laundry list of high-profile women involved with the NBA coverage or just involved with NBA, uh, ESPN that just seems to be in this revolving door of backlash, and 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 I had to explain to Delano the reason I'm including Sage Steele is not because I question her professionalism or qualifications. I'm just, ESPN has a problem with its culture that slaughters these women, whether they're qualified or unqualified. They all get <clears throat> sacrificed and, and thrown up, uh, you know, on the chopping block at some point, whether it's Sage Steele, Michelle Beadle, uh, Katie Nolan. Uh, and, and to me, a lot of it has to do with executives thinking with their wrong heads. And and not really thinking about business and merit, uh, but but whether you're super qualified like Sage Steele or totally unqualified like the bartender turned broadcaster Katie Nolan, the the <laughs> end is always inevitable.
4: Well, here's here's I, I go back to the three ladies or women that I named: Robin Roberts, Andrea Kramer, and Susie Colbert. By the time they got to their exalted positions, it had been earned. In other words, to draw a comparison to boxing. They were the young boxers in the four round fights, eight round fights, had some tough 10 round fights. And by the time they got to the 12 round championship fights, they were ready for anything. They were ready to compete for a championship belt. When I look at Malika Andrews, you know, it kind of reminds me of that scene from Clueless. Remember that movie with a young Alicia Silverstone? And remember when Stacey Dash's character went driving for the first time on the freeway? And she went all Asian driver and almost got all of them killed. And she's like, oh, my God. And remember, all these cars are buzzing by her and their lives were in danger for about a minute till they got off the freeway. Malika Andrews is that young student driver, Miss Thing, uh, that got a car. And instead of getting like a Honda Civic that's used, she got like a Porsche, a nice one or a Bugatti or one of those fancy cars that I could never afford. So then Miss Thing is like, oh, my God. I got this nice car, I got my driver's license. No, let's go out on the freeway. In fact, no, let's drive on the New York City streets where there's one-way traffic and mean cab drivers and she can't handle it. And that's the thing with Miss Thing, but I also believe some of this is her fault. Forget about all the other females. Her personality, I've noticed this in some of the segments that she's on and we talked about it with her running with Stephen A. Smith last week miss thing is incredibly condescending to the point of always being conceited and miss thing is that she's like college activist who would tell somebody if they overheard someone calling me an oriental she'd get on that person for being uh, a microaggressor. that's just the way she is she's very very conceited and condescending and i think a lot of these guys are like yo forget it i I'm, i can't take her anymore so i think that's the overall issue or the underlying issue when it comes to Miss Thing.
1: She's got some Karen in her, no doubt, that that rears its head and she gets a little preachy. Again, she called up Stephen A. Smith on his own show and this is a 27-year-old child. She's half the age of Stephen A. Smith. I gotta give Stephen A. credit because he held his tongue a bit better. Than I, I mean, he's forgotten more about the NBA than she'll yes. ever know, and 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 she called up his show in this very preachy, scolding, yeah. condescending. I know better than you. You're an idiot. And and there's no doubt that and that what some people are sniffing out is like, dude, this girl does not have any respect or like for black men. That's what. That's what this black lash she's feeling, where where it's coming from. And again, she's in a world, the NBA, where the black men are dominant, have their way with the women. Everybody wants to be next to them. Everybody loves them. Everybody throws rose petals at them. And she's coming in like you know, she's the smartest person in the room, and anybody be lucky to get a piece of this, and none of you are good enough because Dave McKinnon's got this on lock. Uh, that's not going to play well. That, that's no. not going to... In all those guys making millions of dollars, they're retired with millions of dollars, and and she wants to come in there like, y'all ain't good enough to get this. This is the blowback that's going to come. but But I think she's going to be a lot harder to unseat and, you know, just keeping it at a, a thousand and a hundred percent is because she's half black, half Jewish. It's going to take more than a stick of dynamite to get her up out of there.
4: Yeah, it might. And then another thing is, you know, the new coach that's replacing Udoka in Boston. She actually had the nerve and the unmitigated gall to bring up like some charges when he's a kid. And she almost made it sound like he was like this incredible abuser or a murderer. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, what's that got to do with anything? The guy served his time. If, if you actually read deeper into his charges, like underage drinking, he was 20 years old. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Now you're piling on. your I think trying the second a-
1: one was a domestic issue. All right, let me he, tell you about right. the second one. Let, yeah. let, let me tell you about the second one, though. If, if somebody... Let me, if there's any YouTubers out there that really want to clown suit uh, Malika on this, or if you want to clown suit her, go watch Malika talk about Britney Griner. Right. And see if she ever mentions Britney Griner's domestic issues. Right. And Britney Griner's domestic issues, far more recent than Joe Missoula's. But Miss Thing, as you call her, when she talks about uh, the injustice of Brittany Griner and uh, what is it now? Kim Mulkey won't come out and put a comment out on her or whatever. She Just ain't going to never mention that Brittany Griner beat up her wife. Never come out of her mind. Let's see, let's see her rattle off Brittany Griner's criminal record. Won't happen.
4: And, Jason, every single segment she's on seems very uncomfortable, and it's not even fun or entertaining. And what's funny is about her spouse, I don't care who she dates, I don't care who she shacks up with, it's not our business, I don't really care. However, I still remember last year we talked about it when Miss Thing became Malika X when she had this thing about some other racial issue and then now she wanted to like lean on her black side. So now Malika X, now it's fight the power. Okay, and I'm thinking, you know, that comes off very hollow because I knew once it was revealed who she was dating. Like you said, what is it? Love the love the tree, hate the fruit? Love the tree, hate love the fruit, hate the tree. Okay, good. I'm glad you said it, not me. And so that's the whole thing. And you know, the funny thing is about why is ESPN unwatchable? For the most part it's not fun i remember jason and you've told me this several times but last year i was in nashville we're watching something at the bar right that great sports bar i think the Doghouse or something and you're watching this and we're all kind of sitting around and you're just looking you said steve okay look at these guys and i think what about the guys and this girl who the hell wants to listen to this? who the hell are they and i'm like yeah who are these people and it just got me going on monday and tuesday especially tuesday They had a panel with Stephen A. Smith, Keyshawn Johnson, and the great showmaker, Michael Jerome Irvin. And it was hilarious. But here's the thing, Jason, that I got to thinking of you. All three guys matter. Stephen A. Smith, and whether you love him or hate him, is an A-lister. Keyshawn Smith is a strong media personality, had a really good NFL career. And certainly Michael Irvin is relevant of his NFL Hall of Fame credentials and his personalities. And it was hilarious. And it was fun. It was entertaining. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Here's how you make ESPN every show better. And I, by the way, I got to give Molly Kim credit. She did a great job of just being quiet and being eye candy. You executed perfectly, Molly. Great job of not saying a word and disrupting that greatness that I saw. But here's what they ought to do. Just bring, instead of instead of like uh, people like Miss Thing calling into shows, just have Michael Irvin calling to every show, any opinion. Like, even if you're doing the NHL Stanley Cup, now it becomes the puck maker. Bring Michael Irvine on. Let, just let him do what he does. NBA. Let him talk NBA. Let him talk anything. It's funny because, like you said, Jason, too many of these personalities actually do not have their credentials. They, uh, they don't have the gravitas. They don't, they're they really nobody you want to listen to, and they're not that fun But only, but what with Miss Thing, she's been given an elevated position, and you're right. I think it's going to be very dishard, a very, very difficult to get rid of her.
1: Steve, I try think about it this morning. Uh, You know, Mike Golick got his son hired at ESPN and gifted his son a broadcasting Mm -hmm. career. You know, his son played at Notre Dame, at least. At 27 years old, Malika Andrews is gifting her 24-year-old sister a job at ESPN. These are the Kardashians of broadcasting. (laughs) They're they're not Lonzo and Lamelo Ball. They're, They're not the Ball brothers.
4: So I have a question. Is there a Ray J in the picture? That might be the only <laughs> time I care about Malika or the sister. I'll be honest with you.
1: I'm i uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leave it alone. I trouble. I was. <laughs> no, yeah, I was, was, was going to mention that both, they are both smoke shells. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave statement. it alone. Yeah, yeah please do. do. All right, let's get out of here. Let's play tomorrow before I get in more trouble, get fired. I'm already in enough hot water. Alright, play tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a off, nothing in line like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder,
0: making all this steps for freedom. I want freedom.